0: Turn your Bible to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 28, please. The Apostle Paul has been incarcerated in Jerusalem. And now he's endured a long, tiresome, very, very dangerous journey from Jerusalem to Rome. He's in Rome because of the Jews... And he has yielded himself to the Roman Empire and he has demanded that he be tried by the Roman Emperor. And he has arrived after that long, strenuous journey of going from Jerusalem to Rome, there to be judged by Caesar And in chapter number 28 of the book of Acts, the Bible says in verse 20, For this cause, therefore, I have called you. He arrived in Rome and he called together the chief Jews and those there, possibly members of the church of Rome. And for this cause, therefore, I called you to see you and to speak with you. Because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. Kind of speaks to you of his living conditions now. He's bound with a chain and that chain is tied to Roman guards. How would you like to be a lost Roman guard tied to the Apostle Paul? He might preach to you a little. Amen. And they said unto him, we neither receive letters from uh, out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, this Christian sect, We know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the prophets from morning till evening. Now, that might check some of our Christianity. From morning till evening, and some believed and of the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. You know that must have been encouraging to his soul when an effort, when he spoke not two words, not three words, but one word, and half of them got up and left. They do that around here sometimes. At least they give me more than one word, right? Some of them don't run off until after we've said a few words. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying unto this people, and say, hearing ye shall hear. And shall not understand, and sin you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sin unto the Gentiles. And that they will hear it. When he had said these words the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Now, Romans chapter 1, and allow me to begin reading in verse 13, please. The Bible says, Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Now, he's in Rome still. Now I would not have you ignorant brethren that oft times I proposed to come unto you but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles. I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel unto you at Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith it is written, The just shall live by faith. Our awesome responsibility as a New Testament Bible-believing church, we have an awesome responsibility. It's amazing to me that when we read the book of Acts... I just wonder when we read it, what do you really see when you read the book of Acts? I suppose you might be astounded by the Holy Spirit fallen in Acts chapter number 2 and thousands being saved at one preaching service. Imagine you could travel on through chapter 4 and be astounded that 5,000 folk getting saved at one preaching meeting. You could travel through Acts 5 and you'd find there not numer- not numbers of people being saved, but multitudes being saved. Imagine you could be astounded by how that all the people came together and had one thing in common, Nobody arguing. They sold houses and lands and laid the proceeds at the disciples' feet and they distributed to those who had need. What a wonderful testimony. Amen. We can stop off in Acts chapter number 6 and read of Ananias and Sapphira who lied about the offering and God killed them at the altar. That might excite a lot of folk. It might speak to us a little bit if God started killing all the folks who stole his money on a regular basis. (laughs) The Bible said, and fear fell upon the whole church. And none, none joined themselves to that crowd. You know, if we had a little bit more fear of God in the church today, we'd probably have a lot more results. Amen. Now, I'm not saying I hope God kills everybody don't give next Sunday because we'd be an empty place probably. Uh, We can travel through the book. But I wonder as you read the book of Acts, what is it stands out to you? What is it you're looking for? What is it that draws your attention? It's kind of like the guy who had the white chalkboard and put one single black dot in the middle. And as everybody observed the board, everybody's attention was drawn to the black dot. Thusly disregarding all the white. Possibly, we begin to look at the dot because it's black and we disregard the rest of the board. And when we read the book of Acts, perhaps we are looking at the dot and missing a lot of greatness in the book. What's the book of Acts all about? It's about reaching people for Christ. That's what it's all about. The reason for the missionary journeys is to reach people for Christ and organize churches that the churches may reach people for Christ. the reason for the whole book is reaching people for Christ. And that is the theme of the book. Notice, if you would please, verse 26 and 27. The people that Paul has been trying to reach. You say, well, preacher, things are tough around Joshua. Nobody seemed like wants to hear. Things hadn't changed much. The Bible says in verse 26, saying, go to this people and say, hearing you shall not hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. They're always looking at their watch. While people are preaching. And their eyes have they closed. Lest they should see. And their understanding with their hearts, should be converted. And I should heal them. Our awesome Responsibility is to reach people who don't want to be reached. Preach to people whose ears are heavy and deaf they cannot hear. And preach to people whose eyes are blinded that they cannot perceive. Things have not changed, neither has God commissioned changed at all. That's the people that Paul was trying to reach. And it seems as though... Americans have just about fallen into the same place. You know how difficult it is to preach now and see great throngs of people come forward. I preached one revival in meeting in Roanoke, Texas, it had a hundred and fifty verses of just as I am during the invitation, and nobody was complaining. Close to 20 Sunday school teachers got saved in the, that night. Drunk staggered off the highway and filled the altar and said, I don't know what I'm doing, but whatever it is, I need some of it. And he got saved. Train stopped on the railroad and the engineer got off the train and came over to the tent meeting and accepted Christ. Sunday school teachers, Sunday school superintendent. Of the church said, I've been lost and I've known it for years. I need to be saved tonight. Could it be our ears, our eyes, our heart have become cold and dark? till the message no longer reaches, no longer stirs. Our tears are dried. Our hearts are hard. Our response is slow, if at all. What an awesome responsibility that we have. Did you realize, according to Romans chapter number 1, we have an awesome responsibility as a church. Notice what the Apostle Paul said. I just want to leave this with you. And I'll be done in five minutes or ten. Maybe fifteen. If you don't smile, maybe an hour. If you don't act like you're enjoying it, maybe all night. Notice an awesome responsibility. Responsibility. Paul said in verse number fourteen of Romans chapter one, if "I'm a debtor, both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, to the wise, and the unwise." Paul felt a tremendous debt because he'd been saved—a tremendous debt for Christ and the price he paid. tremendous debt to Christ for the plan that he procured and the plan that he fulfilled and the redemption that he fulfilled. But not only did he have an exceptional fill of debt to Christ, I feel a tremendous debt to Christians who carried the gospel before I got here. I feel a tremendous debt to great preachers of the past who's preached without compromise, who lived uh, without comfort, who wept tears of bitterness for people who are lost. I feel a tremendous debt to the fellow who came to my house on a Thursday night, sat on my couch, took the time from his family, sat there with an open New Testament and led this sorry sucker behind this pulpit to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What a tremendous debt I owe to those Christians who's gone on before, to those Christians who kept the lights on at Central Park Baptist Church before I ever got there while I was hanging out at the beer joints and fist fights every other night and being a sorry daddy and a sorry husband. Somebody paid the bills at Central Park Baptist Church, kept the doors open until that time I fell on my face at an old-fashioned altar 50-some years ago and said, Lord, I can't preach, but if you want me to, I'll give it a stab for the glory of God. Somebody paid the bills before I got there. Somebody preached the gospel before I got there. Somebody swept the floors before I got there. And Paul said, I feel a tremendous debt. I'm a debtor to the Greek and the wise and the unwise. Thank God. Do you ever feel like somebody might have paid the bills before you got here? Have you ever thought about somebody built this and I stained it and made it look good after he messed it up? Have you ever considered who put the decorations up there? Have you ever considered who got in the high lift and got up to that thing waving back and forth? And sprayed all that up there. Nice to look at, ain't it? You're a debtor. Somebody bought the pew you're sitting in tonight. Somebody bought them pretty white buses. Andrew's going to put bars on the windows so they will look like trustee buses. Do you ever feel any obligation at all to our Lord who hung on the cross? Sure, and to these Christians who's buried, who have bore the cross all these years? Yeah. Paul said, Man, I've got an awesome responsibility. Somebody paid the way somebody paid the price I feel like I'm a debtor we're debtor we owe the gospel to everybody amen we owe the gospel to everybody amen we're debtors to God we're debtors to other Christians We owe our very life to those folks who's paid the way before we got here. There's a debt to be paid. Amen. Let me ask you something tonight. Have you ever thought about Those old senior saints who built the first building and dug the first ditches and laid the foundation. We need to quit taking for granted where we are. Let me ask something are you glad somebody else didn't quit? me too me too I'm glad that there's some folks just didn't quit oh but I got my feelings hurt maybe you don't feel indebted maybe you don't feel you owe anybody anything but not so with me Not so with Paul. Paul said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. There's a debt to be paid. Could I please hurry and quit now? There is a duty to be performed. Verse 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready you know I'm so glad we've got folks in our church regardless what you ask them to do they'll do it amen I mean regardless what it is find somebody busy doing something give them something else they'll get done with that and get theirs done too have you ever noticed that there is a duty to be performed Paul said I am ready is there anybody here tonight would say to God and mean it? I'm ready. Amen. Amen. No, I don't mean after you get all your crops laid by. I don't mean when you get all the weeds chopped and they ain't going to grow no more. <laughs> I don't mean next month, next year. I mean rat now. And I don't mean that mouse kind of rat either. I mean rat now. You're ready. <laughs> Paul said, "I'm ready." I'm ready to preach to the Greek. I'm ready to preach to the Jew. I'm ready to preach to the wise. I'm ready to preach to the unwise. I'm ready to teach at the synagogue or I'll teach from house to house. Lord, just whatever rings your bell, I am ready. I think Paul would not think he too spiritual to work a bus route because he felt he was a debtor the rich, the poor, the wise, the unwise. And so he says, I am ready. I recognized my awesome spiritual debt and I'm ready and I'm not interested in doing it half-heartedly. Paul said, I'm not ready to give excuses. I'm not ready to keep My time for myself, I am not ready to prostitute my talents, my abilities on this world and let people die and go to hell. I'm not ready for that. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Now that's what got our church to where it is now. Are you ready? to join in, to take it where it needs to be or are you ready to retire? Give up. I'm done. Well, maybe God will chrome your belly button when you get to heaven. But you'll be embarrassed at the judgment seat of Christ. So much talent sitting here. Wasted. in the mind of God for spiritual things. So much talent in this church. We got to beg folk to serve God. Well, I'm just too educated. Did you know that Dr. Hiles had two doctors working on a bus route? And that's what you call a paradox. But we're too busy. We're too mature to help somebody else hear the gospel. Come on now. I can tell some of you are mad, but I don't care. You've been there mad at me before. Hey Amen. You know it's a God's truth. We got time for everything in the world except the main thing. Huh? We don't feel a debt to anybody. We do not feel a debt to God. It's kinda like Andrew said this morning, thank God you got me, Lord. You won the you won the lottery when you got me, Lord. We need to get over that kind of attitude, ladies and gentlemen. Because Paul said, I am a debtor. I am in chains. I am in prison. I'm going to get my head cut off in just a few days. And I'm sure of the world going to keep on keeping on because I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And there is a debt to be paid. There is a duty to perform and there is a direction to be pursued to the Jew first and also to the Greek see the Bible said that Jesus came unto his own the Jew and his own received him not but to as many as receive him to them gave you the power to become the sons of God there is a avenue to pursue. And that avenue is anybody who's breathing needs to be saved. And anybody who has been saved has a awesome responsibility to share that message with somebody who's never heard it. Amen. Amen. Amen? Now, before you get mad at me and run out of here and say, he was preaching to me. That's how we got to where we are. But if we don't get back to what we have been, we're not going to like what we've become. It ain't time to pray. You can look up. This church was built on soul winning, bus ministries, and missions, and having a good time serving Jesus. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. And we are debtors, and we have a biblical, God-given responsibility amen. to reach people for Christ not to sit in this luxurious auditorium sucking up air conditioning and letting everybody in the world go to hell and acting like we're saved. We are debtors. We have a direction to pursue and a duty to perform. I really don't know what's going on because when I got saved I just thought if there was a bus to be a captain of or there was a seat in the choir that needed something to sit in it and if there was a Sunday school class that was open I just thought I ought to volunteer Is there something wrong with my kind of Christianity? Oh, by the way, I worked a job too. In fact, I worked two shifts because I owned a business. But I guess since we're so automated, we don't have time to serve God anymore. It's just too much pressure on us. Well, preacher, you you don't know what it is to work a job. Say what? Say what? Well, preacher, you don't know what it is to run a business. Huh? We just don't have time for that. No, no, no. You just don't have a heart for it anymore. You don't have a heart for it. It's a God-given shame that we got excellent buses and you drive by them every week and God don't say anything to you about it. Could I challenge you the next time you rock, work by, walk by one of those buses, would you just stop and say, God, would it be all right if I worked one of those? Amen. Good. Amen. Have you ever heard of Andy Stanley? Stanley? He pastors one of the largest progressive churches in the South. His daddy is Dr. Stanley who pastors the First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. When Andy was just a young fella, he went to his daddy and he said, Dad, did God call you to preach? Doctor Stanley said, "Yes, son, he did." And Andy said, "Daddy, God didn't call me to preach. You think he'd take a volunteer?" The pastor's one of the largest congregations in all the South. Daddy, thank God, we take a volunteer. What are you waiting on? God takes volunteers. Yeah. Did you know He takes volunteers? We need to realize the awesome responsibility that we have because He saved us. Then he sent us.